Welcome to another episode of Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Kirsten Holder, and today we're talking with behavioral therapist Janae Neal about setting healthy family boundaries, especially at the holidays. Thanks for joining us today, Janae. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Hopefully I can offer some good insight. <laughs> yes, I don't doubt it. And um, we'll just start out with a little bit of an introduction. So Janae, you grew up in Edmond and um, she earned her bachelor's degree in psychology. She has a minor in sociology, both from uh, UCO, the University of Central Oklahoma. She recently earned a master's of psychology with an emphasis in applied behavior analysis as well. Janae, you've worked as a registered behavioral therapist for the past three years, and you're currently working from home while enjoying time with your young daughter and your husband. And additionally, I have to add, you provided expertise for our family wellness article on creating boundaries in last year's November and December issue and this year as well. And you have contributed to our family mental wellness series in the past. We have so enjoyed working with you and so have appreciated your thoughtful and holistic tips on these subjects. So I'm really excited to dive in and we'll just start very topically. Um, so why are boundaries important no matter what time of year it is? Oh yeah, for sure. So I think about boundaries as you tell the world how you want to be seen. It's a relationship that you're having with the environment around you, external factors, and that includes people, place, and things, right? Um, so when you set those boundaries that says, you know, these are the limits that I'm comfortable with um, for myself. And so that's why they're really important to have. Yes. And kind of try to control any, any portion of that <laughs> feels, puts you in a better situation for success in dealing with any of those people, place, and things. So yeah, that is right. So right. Mm -hmm. I think growing up as kids, we try to trust, we do trust our parents to know what's best for us. But then as we grow to adults, it's our responsibility to be more vocal about what we know is best for us based on experience. Um, and that transition is awkward, no matter you know what age you're at. Sometimes it happens earlier, sometimes it happens later. Um, but I guess I'd like to talk about why it's so much harder to draw boundaries with people so close to us and people that we love. Right. So I'm kind of going to take it back a little bit. When you think about a primitive society, you needed people in order to survive, right? You had to have those bonds, those relationships to, you know, hunt down old mammoth, you know, or, you know, any of those things that that bond, that desire doesn't just go away over time. Of course, now we really need people for more social reasons and emotional support reasons. Um, but a lot of the times we are afraid to set those boundaries because we don't want to ruin those relationships. We don't want to see them, um, you know, decide, okay, I, I, you're sending this boundary and I'm, I don't want to be a part of it. And so in order for us to um, continue with these relationships, we sometimes compromise ourselves and are flexible with our boundaries when really we should, you know, um, reinforce those and understand that typically families are going to uh, have that unconditional love, you know, that unconditional, I'm going to be there whether you have this boundary or not. I think what you just said is really important because that that kind of primal need, if you will, is different than people pleasing. Mm -hmm. um, we're not just letting ourselves be, you know, waving in the wind to whoever comes down our path, but we, we do need people to thrive and grow, and especially the people in our support system. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. That that's exactly it. So as a follow-up, why is it doubly as important to communicate our band our boundaries to family members or other people that we love? Um, as we kind of alluded to earlier, it can sometimes be painful, it can be guilt-ridden, especially for those of us that are people pleasers, but I think it's kind of natural no matter what kind of personality you have. Um, is there a way to avoid those negative feelings? Uh, what yeah. tips do you have for us there? Well, um, we live in a world now where most of us have the ability to choose the things that we are comfortable with, the things that we want to say yes to, and the things that we want to say no to. So when you're setting those boundaries, you really need to evaluate those relationships and decide, is this worth having that ne negative conversation? Is this something that, you know, maybe you only see this person once a year or you don't have a continued relationship. It's, it's a one-time thing. You kind of have to go back and decide, you know, okay, maybe I want to work on this relationship. I I'm going to put the effort in. So I'm going to have this hard conversation. I'm going to set these boundaries in place to make sure that I'm comfortable and they're comfortable moving forward. It can be hard. Nobody really likes to have those. It's not fun. You know, nobody wants to sit around a table and say, well, this and that, this and that bothers me. But I think that that's an important step in that boundary setting process. You have to let them know. You have to have that conversation um, in order to move forward in, in that relationship. And if you're not being authentic to who you are and what your needs are, how can you be in a relationship with someone you love either? Right. That's very true. Um, it, sometimes you, again, you compromise yourself and that can breed resentment and that can, you know, you start having all sorts of negative feelings and thoughts um, about someone because they aren't doing the things that you think they should do, but you haven't communicated that. And so it really is, you know, taking that step to have that conversation, even if it's hard or even if there are negative feelings there, to really make sure that you are being heard. Um, and, you know, you can decide from there if you want to continue that relationship or not. Yes, yes. I think um, what's helpful for me anyway is to kind of reframe it as less of a, you know, scary and intimidating thing, although it might be, might be anyway, um, and more of a relationship building thing. Because when you're showing up um, for your needs and who you are and who your family is and what their needs are, you're showing up as your true self offering to the other person, please do the same and we can have a stronger relationship. At least that's what I, I kind of like pump myself up in that way. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so true though, because you can be authentically yourself. You don't have to walk into a situation feeling uncomfortable. Um, when you have had that conversation, you can just, you know, walk in your truth and be okay with that. Um, you know, sometimes you get so afraid that someone's going to leave us that we stay in unhealthy relationships and toxic environments and not all boundaries have to be necessarily negative of course those are the ones that are, that are typically highlighted but you're right when you are setting a boundary um, it's just it's just your way of telling the world this is how I want to be seen this is how I feel comfortable being myself and you know please respect that yes and the people mm -hmm. who love you surely will do that so <laughs> yes they should they should for sure related um but kind of moving on uh, i know you're very big on consent and teaching kids consent from a young age um 
such as not requiring them to hug or kiss relatives, even under the pressure that can sometimes come, especially around the holidays. Mm -hmm. So I'd love you to talk about why this is so important. And if you would give us an example of how parents can talk to their kids about this at home. For sure. So I was actually talking to my sister about this because growing up, she was not a hugger. She wasn't one that was like, you know, kiss on me, hug on me. She's very like, no, 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 don't, don't do that. But, you know, back then it was kind of a thing where kids were like, you just do what you're told and you, you don't necessarily, you're not necessarily validated in, in saying no, you know, you didn't have that option. I think now we're able to see how harmful and damaging that is. And um, we really want to make sure that when we're going into these situations, our kids are comfortable saying no, um, in any situation that is uncompromising where they where they don't feel as though they want to do something, they should just feel comfortable saying no. And so, for example, my, my daughter, I'm like, give mommy a kiss. And she's like, no. And I'm like, OK. <laughs> and I have to respect that I, because if she doesn't feel empowered to say no to me in those situations, she's not going to feel comfortable doing that with someone else, um, you know, another family member. And when those situations do happen, you know hopefully you have had a an age appropriate conversation with your child about what consent looks like so for example like with my little it's practicing that at home her saying no and me respecting that of course with you know our older kids you can have you know those verbal conversations of what that looks like and taking that time to really uh, make sure they understand um, in an age appropriate way what yes and no means and if you're having uncomfortable feelings, always, always, always tell me or, you know, someone that you trust, um, you know, say, hey, I don't feel comfortable doing this, you know, and then we can step in and take care of that situation. Yes. Yes. And I think what you said, validating their feelings, especially the littles, they're still trying to understand what's normal and what's okay and mm -hmm. what's fun and what's not. And yeah. I think having those conversations about, um, that makes me feel uncomfortable. That may, that hurts my feelings. You know, some of those things, and then telling them how they can be vocal and who are safe people to talk to about that. I just love all those tips. I'm going to take those to heart for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Gotta gotta do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so inevitably, uh, what should we do when your child is in that awkward situation with a friend or family member who is? publicly demanding a hug <laughs> you know kind of adding on to that last question but there might be at least one or two of those situations as we approach the holidays and I'd love some tips about how to talk to relatives about reinforcing our kids choices right and so I mean I think initially give your child a chance to say no because you want to give them that power and or make sure they feel empowered to use their voice um, if if a relative or a friend um, is still continuing, then that's your chance to step in. You, I would say you'd want to do this in front of the child because you want them to see that you support them in their decisions. And it doesn't necessarily have to be crazy or aggressive or mean or rude, but it's like, you know, hey, you know, she's, 
he or she is, you know, uncomfortable, maybe you can try again later, or, you know, maybe wait for him or her to, you know, come to you. Um, but, you know, this isn't something that they're wanting to do right now. And, and, you know, you know, and leave it at that, that that's how I would do it. But I would make sure that, you know, if it were my, my daughter, I would definitely make sure she sees me in supporting her, but also allowing her to use her voice um, and supporting her in using that voice. Leading by example. I like that tip. Yeah. I, I think it's um, sometimes more like human nature feels more comfortable to pull somebody aside, but you're so right. Those kids need to see us sticking up for them. Um, but also what we believe is important too, because then they'll know exactly how that looks and how to yeah. come up with it. Yeah. And it's also important part of the boundary process is actually practicing that mm -hmm. and, you know, allowing them to see that, okay, this is a boundary that mommy or daddy or grandma or grandpa has. And so mm -hmm. um, they are addressing it with that person, um, which only, you know, supports them in learning that skill as well on how to set boundaries. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. What are some other examples of what healthy boundaries might look like in a setting around the holidays uh, when family that you maybe haven't seen in a while is all gathering together in one house? Um, can you give us a few examples of um, situations that you've come across or um, read about uh, that maybe our listeners should have prepared in their toolkit for? Yeah. Well, I think the first thing is really checking how you are, um, how is your mental stability? If you know you're going to be around someone that you just can't stand, like it, it's not happening, don't go to those events, you know, um, and, and let your family know and say, hey, I just don't feel comfortable. You know, I'll be at the next one or, I'll, you know, you guys can come here. Um, but just making sure that you're in tune with how you are feeling in in what you're comfortable with and that setting that boundary. Um, also, talking about it early. And so um, you don't want to wait till you're at the Thanksgiving table to say, you know what, <laughs> this is this is how I'm feeling right now in this moment, um, because that can just turn to a host of whole other things. And you just don't want to go down that line at the, at the dinner table. I would say, you know, do a, a, a family Zoom call. You know, that's something that you can do early and say, hey, you know, especially with things like COVID, for example, hey, let's maybe have this um at, at a park or let's have this, you know, um, everybody that's coming over is doing this, you know, whatever you decide, whatever you're comfortable with your fit, with your family uh, and yourself, um, just making sure that you have that plan of action early. You aren't waiting till the last minute um, to, to kind of tell everybody what, how it's going to happen. So um, yeah, cause that can ruffle some feathers for sure. Time and place. I love mm -hmm. that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And setting those expectations in advance so that everybody can go into the holiday on the same page and kind of just enjoy and not have to worry about some of those other conversations in the moment. Right. Yes. Keeping it about the holidays so you can spend that day really focusing on what it's about and not having to have those you know, repressed feelings or, you know, those negative feelings that nobody wants to spend their holidays that way. So just have that conversation early, get it out there, you know, or build that relationship before, you know, and if, if you know holidays coming up, if you know this is a relationship you want to continue with and have maybe six months before you decide, hey, um, I want to work on this relationship so that when, when you get to Thanksgiving and Christmas and all those things, that, that relationship is good, but the earlier, the better. 
Yes. Yeah. And pie just tastes better when you don't have resentment in your mouth as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, for sure. For sure. <laughs> so when we do think about those tough conversations and you mentioned working on your relationship boundaries, all these um, phrases, there is a, there feels like there's a sense of finality in the air. Um, and I'd love to hear your opinion. Do you recommend boundaries always stay firm or have you seen appropriate situations where there's a give and take as people grow or relationships evolve? Um, maybe you could give us a few examples of situations like that. Yeah, for sure. So when I think about boundaries, it's kind of like me telling myself that this is what I need. And so when you are flexible on those, it kind of tells the rest of the world that, oh, it may be, or I can treat your boundary that same way. So when it comes to those, um, you know, you're setting that boundary, I would say stay firm with that. Um, now, as a relationship, you know, progresses and things change, maybe the boundaries start to look a little bit different and you can approach that down the line. But I would say definitely initially when you are you know, setting that boundary, you wanna stick firm to it. You really don't wanna be flexible on that because that's not ultimately what you're wanting. <laughs> now there's compromise, of course, um, and the compromise might be, okay, I have to walk away and you have to be comfortable with that. Um, you know, and making sure that you have, you know, you know, someone that's going to support you as well um, when you're when you're making these decisions. So maybe it's a, a spouse or a friend or, you know, someone that, you know, when you're going to these situations, you're not just doing it blindly or, you know, <laughs> the last thing you want to do is get to the table and be, you know, at the end of an attack or, or intervention or what have you. So just making sure you have that support and, you know, you're comfortable with what you are offering and putting out there, but you're staying firm with that. Yes, I like that. Mm -hmm. Having a support system keeps you grounded in general. So having mm -hmm. that call a friend helpline <laughs> or call yeah. a spouse or call a partner. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That yeah, is yeah. For sure. For sure. <laughs> So you have a young girl at home, which I'm sure comes with its own laundry list of boundaries for your family, especially as the pandemic still lingers, like we mentioned, doing things outside might be more appropriate for some families. Um, but of course, we're heading into, we're in cold and flu season as well. Um, so I'd love to know what your family's plans are this year and what you're most looking forward to this holiday season with your girl. Yeah, so um, of course, for me, it's going to be just really spending time with her, watching her kind of observe those holiday traditions, you know, making cookies, cooking all the food. This will be the first time that she's actually kind of aware of, you know, the things that are happening. And so um, I'm excited to, to watch her enjoy those things. I'm really close with my family. Typically, they all come over here to our house and we just hang out for days on end. A lot of the times they'll stay the night. They'll be here too three, four, five days if they could. Um, and we just really enjoy each other's company um, and hanging out, playing games and um, keeping it about family, you know? And, you know, it's all, <laughs> one of my boundaries that I have is I don't allow shoes in my house. You know, that's something that everybody knows, even if they've never been here before, I will greet you out the door and say, hello, please take off your shoes. <laughs> And that's what I stay firm on. Um, but, you know, you know, those are the types of things that 
it's something that I say initially, and then it's not a problem. You know, it's not that it's a hard conversation. You're talking about shoes, but you know, you set that boundary first and then you, and then you can enjoy the rest of, of your time there as well. Yes. Well, and I love that example too, because you're literally like literally and figuratively leaving your stuff at the door. Yes. I love that. I love that. I might have to say that from you. And I just, I'm going to use that as an analogy, I think this holiday. Yeah. And just coming in and, and being in a warm and welcoming environment. I think how close you are with your family speaks to the intentionality that it sounds like you all have around these conversations, even if they're tricky. So um, yes, that's awesome. And I love the age that your daughter is at, like you said, and really kind of understanding the holidays and, and being around her relatives and loved ones. That is so special. I know you're going to have just a great time. Yes, I, I am definitely looking forward. I'm looking forward to some time off too. <laughs> yes, aren't we all? <laughs> this time of year always comes at a perfect time when you just need a break. So <laughs> mm -hmm. yes, yes. So thank you for joining us today, Janae. I know I don't just speak for myself when I say we all needed these tips. We all needed a pep talk and a game plan heading into the holidays. Um, I'd love for you to tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and your practice or get in touch. Yeah, for sure. So I am on all the social media. <laughs> you can find me at Janae XOXO um, on, uh, oh gosh, that's on TikTok. And then you can find me at Janae underscore uh, XOXO on, on uh, Instagram. I'm also on Facebook, just Janae Neal. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's how you can reach me. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks again. And for those of you listening, be sure to look up one of our favorites from Janae, her article on cultivating calm during the holidays from last year, which I will link in our bio, but you can also do a search on our website. The tips on knowing your child's limits, asserting expectations, and focusing on quality, not quantity, are just absolutely essential this time of year, um, or really any time of year for that matter. So thank you again, Janae. We hope you all join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.